From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode number 34. Today's episode of Upgrade is brought to you by Hover, Simplified Domain Management, MailRoute, a secure hosted email service for protection from viruses and spam, and GoToMeeting. Make it easy to meet with your team whenever you need to, wherever you are. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined, as always, by the one and only Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Mike. It's good to have you back. Thank you, sir. I keep forgetting which shows I'm on and which shows I'm not. <laughs> Uh, so yes, I wasn't on last week's episode, and you, no, I really enjoyed listening to the show. I like Upgrade; I think it's a good show. So it's always nice when I can hear it um, without it being ruined by me having to listen to myself. So it was good. it was a good show. I you you both you and Stephen were very kind about um, my extremely nerdy hobby. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, we we do, we dove into the pen world there mm-hmm. briefly, and then we came right back out. But uh, I, like I said, I, I love people who are enthusiastic, and, and that was really fun to, even though I did literally had no idea what you guys were talking about on The Pen Addict, it was fun to listen and hear your enthusiasm, and that, that was all awesome. So, But it's good to have you back. We're, we're in this weird period now where we've got a lot of travel and stuff going on, and uh, you know, it's, good to, it's good to be back to normal here. Dan and I will be back on Clockwise together this week for the first time, and I think we've, we've only been on like one show out of the last five together, mm. so we're you know it's all kind of settling back in, back into to normalcy even though i'm about to take a trip for a, for a few days again i'm getting tired of this travel but this is the last big trip for a while so that's good cuz i like to i'm, I'm going to settle back and wait for people to come to san francisco for wwdc yeah that's my next that's my next trip i'm i'm taking a very short weekend break to somewhere in uh, england so that doesn't really count for me i think but my next big trip is going to be wwdc which is mm-hmm. not far away it's like it's seven not, weeks or something something like that yeah yeah it's uh, uh it's the second week in june so we've got to jump through may and but it's close six or seven weeks yeah so i'm, I'm wishing may away already ah uh, so we do have some follow up and out today we do um uh, last week we talked about uh, Apple Cloud services uh, Nick uh listener Nick said I mentioned Microsoft when I was talking about Apple sort of nickeling and dime, diming people for cloud services and not bundling things together um and he points out quite rightly I, I didn't I didn't really mean to say I meant sort of like it, it reminded me of old Microsoft he's right I actually have Office 365 and it does include a terabyte of OneDrive and 60 Skype minutes a month and a whole bunch of other stuff that they bundle in, um, like Microsoft Office. <laughs> so uh, you know, but I, I didn't. I, I sort of meant what we think of as Microsoft, not Satya Nadella's brave new Microsoft. But I appreciate that that bit of feedback, and it's true that is a great example of Microsoft taking a, a whole bunch of its services and just bundling them together. And this is what you get for this price. Whereas Apple, I've got, uh, you know, I've got iTunes Match over here, and I've got uh, iCloud Drive, uh, you know, data over. Uh, on this side and I've got beats over here and it would be cool if there was some sort of like super platinum magic Apple plan that contained everything that I could buy and just not worry about it. Um, and maybe that would be a, you know, a good deal too, but Apple would get their money and I would get the the simplicity of just sort of being on the Apple gold plan or whatever. Talking about um, Microsoft as built this week, you going to be watching along? Nope. You're not interested. Don't you write for a Windows website? Not kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, if I tried to act like I knew what I was talking about about Windows, they would run me out on a rail. Um, 
I, I, I'm always interested to see, but I want to. I'm going to take this one uh, secondhand. I'm going to take this one from the people who are analyzing it and uh, see what they say. Honestly, I've just been so overwhelmed with stuff with finishing my photos book and the Apple Watch. Did you know the Apple Watch came out? That Same that what? happened, <laughs> and all this travel. And uh, there's just so much going on that, um, and uh, actually, as we're recording this, Apple's financial results are happening later today. Those, you know, mm-hmm. we'll get some. This is Tim on the phone. We'll get uh, some more color. Tim. All of that, all of that good stuff. Gene Munster trying to find out if there's a new Apple TV <sighs> by asking, you know, riddles. <laughs> uh, all that good stuff. So there's a lot going on. So Microsoft Build. I'm going to let. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the coverage of that because I think what Microsoft is doing these days is fascinating. But um, I, I don't have the brain power to devote to it, honestly. I'm going to keep my eye on it. Uh, I'm I'm on a call uh, for some of the time that the conference is ha- like the the presentation will be happening. Um but I do plan to watch it because I mean Microsoft's last couple of um big keynotes have been very interesting. Um, yeah, maybe there'll Build, be some more holograms. Uh, I ex- I expect there to be more <laughs> hologram stuff. Uh, cuz Build last year was kind of like Nadella's coming out party like he really set his Vision of the future, I think, if I'm remembering it correctly. Um, so I'm I'm excited to to see more about what what they're up to because I think, and I do genuinely believe this. I said this after I can't remember what the purpose of that Hololens com- that that presentation was. I don't think yeah. it was build. Um, no, it was a it was a special event. I yeah. think uh, Microsoft, you know, Windows 10, etc. Ah, uh, yes, it was the Windows 10 event, wasn't it? Yep. So, like I, uh, I said it then, and, and I, I kind of stand by. It. I think Microsoft are one of the one of the more interesting companies to watch right now because they're kind of they're doing some interesting stuff. They're trying some new stuff, um, as well as being stick in the muds of other things. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they're All doing right. this week. Cool. Um, Adam wrote in listener Adam and this is this is a little bit of an ask upgrade but it is it is tied into talking about photos uh, which we've been talking about um, what's the best way for a couple to manage their photos together preferably using photos for Mac and unfortunately the best way is the only way right now which is everybody needs to use the same iCloud account and this is one of these problems and I think it's just owing to the fact that it's the first version and we saw this with it took Apple a while to get the family um, the family sharing linked ID thing even to exist and uh, this is a brand new product, iCloud Photo Library. So I feel like they're still working out the kinks. Um, that may be an understatement. So I feel like um, right now, if you want to have the same photos on all your devices um, between uh, a couple, you, you, you actually can only do it by being logged into the same iCloud account. And that's ridiculous. And what's really ridiculous is you can't add a new iCloud account just for photos and log into that account. It won't let you. The master iCloud account has to be the one that it, that you use for photos. So this is a this is a big hole. You can't you uh, you can put them on your family plan and drag things manually into the family album, but that's not the same. And those are down-resed uh, versions that are on the the sharing version. It's not the full-res version like is on iCloud Photo Library. So this is, this is definitely a hole in the offering that you, you basically have to be on the same iCloud account or you can't share um, the whole library. You can only share like using iCloud sharing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they'll get there. I think. I think Apple has shown that they're actually paying attention to family stuff a little bit more now. But it's a, it's a just a huge gap that you can't. It could be as easy as just saying, "Look, I want to add this iCloud library or the iCloud account for my photo syncing." 
but right now you can't do that on the Mac. It, it, it wants that to be your primary, and there's a whole bunch of things that can only be in the primary iCloud. So uh, it's this. Uh, I I see it as like you know how in messages you can open up preferences and sign in with different accounts. Like you can yeah. sign in with iMessages or AIM or whatever. I feel like yeah. there should be just a preferences where it's like sign in with this iCloud account and you'll download all these photos. Yeah, I, I mean you could even put it in in um in the Photos app. Although because it's using the iCloud syncing infrastructure, I think that's what complicates it. And they pick up, you know, they're using the same infrastructure as everything else that syncs via iCloud, which is great, but. It has some issues. I think the whole pausing and throttling of bandwidth for the uploads and downloads is related, and I think this account requirement is related. Okay. And it's not—it's not good. It—it it, it needs. We can we can try to guess why this is happening, but the bottom line is, if a husband and a wife want to share their photo library, which is perfectly reasonable, uh, my wife and I want to do that. But I'm going to have to log her out of her iCloud account and into mine if she wants to do that. And that's going to have other side effects. And, you know, we'll probably do it because she wants access to the library. But it's kind of dumb that there's no other way to do it or that she can't just be logged in for that one thing. Yeah, that's so. a terrible solution to the problem. It's, that's just so bad. Like, because iCloud is so important now, in theory. Unless, you know, your wife doesn't use a lot of the features, but in theory it's supposed to be so important. Like, making that the only option seems kind of seems kind of crazy. The more and more I hear about photos, because again, like I haven't used it. I, I just am not. There's just too many complaints for for me to want to jump into this right now. But like the more and more I hear about it, the more and more I think it's maybe not done. It reminds me of Final Cut. Like they released it. And yeah. I think you said this. They released it before it was kind of finished. It. it I, I don't know. I. I. I feel like it is. It is what it is is done. But it's very clear that there are features that just aren't in there that they need to add. I mean, the fact that you can't do geotagging in the app is ridiculous. That's one of those things. I feel like the iCloud stuff is separately... This is hard, right? You've got huge libraries that you have to import. You've got this whole new cloud services thing that you have to sync to. And you've rewritten this app. And then there's a lot of moving parts here. And actually, I'm really liking it. Um, I'm I'm enjoying the fact that I have access to my whole library and that it's in the cloud. Um, but there are definitely issues. The, the One of the big issues is your iOS devices. If you've got a 50,000 or 40,000 image library, you tap on like the photo sharing button in an app and it just sits there for like 20 seconds because it's parsing. Whatever it's doing, it's like parsing the 50,000 records in your library or something. And Apple's got to fix that. So there are a lot of little things. I would say, I would say... Um, it's not a disaster at all. It is enjoyable. It, it, it brings a lot to the party, but at the same time, it is, it is most definitely early days. And if you just don't want to deal with it yet, uh, nobody's going to make you. <laughs> so, so it really, you have to, you have to be a little bit of a pioneer, but I, I do feel like I'm getting something out of being a pioneer, but you have to, it, it is, it is rougher than, um, it will be later because they'll add in features and figure out some of the cloud syncing stuff. And, you know, I think like Final Cut and even iMovie and some of the other apps that they've rewritten, uh, the the uh, the philosophy seems to be, let's just get it out there. And getting it out there, we can start making it better once it's out there. We can't just sit here and not ship it forever. And I, they've reached the point where it's like, we're going to ship this and then we're going to see what people's issues are and we're going to fix it. And hopefully uh, this stuff will get fixed um, rapidly in, you know, in the next few months. Um, you know, but, but we'll we'll see, we'll see. But I, I I'm, I'm kind of glad they got it out there, 
and now you know those of us on the on the frontier here will will just have to deal with it so we'll probably talk about this point later but i think like my my feeling is when something is new like this and uh see if you can get, guess my hinting here if something is new like this and you don't necessarily need it like you don't need photos right now because like iPhoto still exists um i get like that you can that there can be things that aren't 100 percent. like there's things that are missing um or there are things that need to be added but it's like i think there's more of a problem when like say for example if something already exists like we all hated ios 7 for the many bugs and problems that it had because there was kind of, you kind of had no option it was kind of like that was what you needed to use because iOS existed your iPhone existed yeah. but like something completely brand new where you're not it's not replacing something completely i think it's it's kind of fine do you get do you get what i'm what i'm driving at yeah yeah and i think i, I mean i think calling it i think there's a reason this isn't iPhoto uh, 10 <laughs> yeah. is calling it file cut pro 10 made people say hey, are you saying we need to replace our old Final Cut with this new thing that we don't like? And, you know, I think the idea is, no, you don't need to. And I think that's what Apple is saying about Photos is, Photos is here, we're not going to update the old things, but they're not going away, they don't get deleted, your old libraries remain. I mean, there's lots of, you know, there, there's lots of things like that. So it doesn't it doesn't feel like this is quite the forced upgrade. I, I think, though, that if you're an iPhoto user, you know, you, you're kind of starving for something better than iPhoto. And so that that's the thing that's pushing you into jumping into this. Not that not that Apple is forcing you to do it, but that like you really would like to be out of iPhoto. That's certainly how I felt. It's like, please let me get out of here. Uh, so so we'll see how it goes. I, I I I'm gonna be optimistic. I feel like this is this is a place where some of the stuff just obviously should be is missing and needs to be needs to be added or things that are broken that need to be fixed and we've seen with i think certainly with final cut that apple did a good job of addressing what the issues were so i hope that they do that with this this is super important to them as a company they need to do this and do it right so um we'll see where we'll see where it goes but uh yeah the geotagging thing is the one that really kills me they got they gotta they gotta fix that because not being able to take your your pictures and say i shot them here is bad um, we have a little bit more more uh, follow-up, follow-out stuff. Uh, listener Zach uh, wrote in to suggest, we were talking, we were speculating last week about the future of OS X and how it would be, maybe it, its name would change because somebody was asking about, will we ever see OS XI? Um, and Zach suggested Apple OS with merged OSs and a new uh, naming scheme. And this is Upgradian Zach. He has self-identified as an Upgradian. And I don't know, I... I I heard from a lot of people who said, well, there'll just be one Apple OS and uh, and there'll be a Mac version of it and, a, and an iPhone and an iPad version of it. And I don't believe that. I just don't. I mean, I, it could happen, I suppose. But I, I kind of feel like uh, those OSs are not converging. I think this is something that was a very Scott Forstall era way of thinking and that the current people at Apple do not view a convergence of operating systems so much as shared resources and shared uh, services, but not like it's the same OS with the same branding. I just kind of don't believe that. And although iOS, you know, you could rebrand it Apple OS. I don't think they're going to rebrand the iPhone as the Apple phone and the iPad as the Apple pad. So iOS for iPhone and iPad kind of makes sense to me. Um, but OS 10 is the one that I still, I still am, am kind of high on my feeling that it might end up going back to Mac OS at some point. Anyway, I don't think they're going to merge. But No, uh, the fact that the watch is called watch OS 
like they don't even call that iOS. Yeah. Even put pu- pushes that further away from me. If this ran iOS eight, like if it said it ran iOS eight, then I might buy it. But they've just introduced a new product and they've given it a new OS name. Yeah. So. Which which is good because it doesn't behave like. We'll talk about this, but it doesn't behave like iOS. So it's good that they don't say that it's iOS because it Ew. is so not. It does not. Um, <laughs> we've got a couple uh, like in the family. In the family uh, follow-up, do you want to talk about some stuff that's going on at Relay? Yeah, so today uh, we announced that the incredible Mac Power users, the the podcasting institution that is Mac Power users, has uh, joined Relay FM, and just we are beyond thrilled um, that we have the fantastic Katie Floyd and David Sparks as part of the Relay family now. So the entire back catalogue of Mac Power users now lives at Relay.fm slash MPU. Um, you can subscribe to the new feed there. If you are already subscribed with the 5x5 feed, it will transfer over, but my recommendation if you're listening to this now is to subscribe to the new Relay feed so you don't get episode duplicates and all that kind of stuff it can oh, be a bit messy pod- podcast feeds are the yep. worst <laughs> so i know that there there are ways to not get episode duplicates but then it brings up more potential risks so we're just taking the the path of believe it or not least resistance with it um it's jason can can, can attest yeah. to <laughs> man yeah, um it's the yeah it's yeah. the worst. <laughs> so we are just so thrilled. If you've not heard Mac Power users, you really should because it is just incredible. Katie and David have been been doing this since 2009. It was so much fun because we did an import of the of the show notes and I was going through and just tidying some things up and it was really fun to like follow it through from episode one because mm. I was like, oh, the iPad's been released now and like, you know, and like, just looking mm-hmm. at how things changed, it's, it's really great. And if you've not heard the show, what I'm going to do, I'm going to put in our show notes today, which you can find at relay.fm slash upgrade slash 34. I'm going to put the two workflow episodes, mine and Jason's, because that might Yay. be a, a nice little uh, taster for you in case you've not you've not yet heard it. So Yeah, it's a great, it's a great show. The, those are great people. Um, David... David lives not far from my in-laws' house, so we have uh, like breakfast or lunch when I'm down in Southern California, and um, it's uh, it's great to have them on Relay. That's a great show. They have a uh, a huge following. Mac Power users, listeners are many and varied, and we we discovered that uh, Federico owes his essentially his obsession with uh, iOS automation and Pythonista and things like that to listening to Mac power users when he was in the hospital, which is a great story. So. Yeah. He wrote, uh, he wrote that on his site on Mac stories. On Mac stories. Today, so I'll yeah. put that in the show notes too. Cause nice. he said to me, he was like, I have a little story to tell in my link today. And I was like, okay, it's a good one. So, uh, also in the relay family, we should mention that there's now a clockwise t-shirt. <laughs> there's not, not yet, Mike, not yet an upgrade t-shirt. We could talk. Uh, that's in the ask upgrade. Do you want to talk about that now, or should we leave it for the ask upgrade? Uh, let's tease that we'll talk about it in the ask upgrade. But anyway, if you can go to you can go to teespring.com/clockwise, and it'll also be in the show notes, which are in your podcasting app or at relay.fm/upgrade/slash thirty four. And uh, you can go to teespring.com slash clockwise and buy a clockwise t-shirt, which is the clockwise logo of the clockwise arrow inside the gear on the front. And on the back, it says, keep watching the clock and uh, has the clockwise URL from Relay. And it comes in a gold color, which is the closest match to what the actual podcast logo is. So it's very colorful. It's the hypercritical gold, John Syracuse would point out. It's the classic hypercritical gold. And there's also a tie-dye version. If you want to spend $25, you can get a tie-dye t-shirt with the clockwise logo on it. Because why not? Tie-dye. Hey, California. 
I just for everybody that likes the yellow and for everybody that doesn't like the yellow, I've really pushed Jason to make this t-shirt yellow. Yeah. Cuz at you, one at one point it was gray and you you said make it yellow and I yeah. said okay. Because it should be yellow because the show's yeah. yellow and yeah. I have so about gray a thousand gray t-shirts now. So yellow is is the best. That's why we went blue with the connected one. We want to put a bit more color into into yep. our wardrobes. So that's great. So you can find those there. So go go support Clockwise. It's a great show. Um, support those guys, Jason and Dan, by buying a t-shirt. All right. And uh, we're, we're on to topics. So would you like to tell us before we get there about a friend? This week's episode of Upgrade is brought to you by Hover. Hover is the best way to buy and manage domain names. I love Hover. I love them very dearly because they make the horrible process of finding names and buying names a breeze. When I come up with a name for a project or I have a great idea for a domain name that I must own immediately, I don't want to be faced with a thousand screens with a ton of add-ons with stupidly high prices. I just want to get in, select what I need, buy it for a fair price and get on with building my new idea. Hover make it super easy to search for domains. They have all of the TLDs that you'd expect like .com, .co, .net and all those things. They also have all of the crazy new uh, TLDs like um, I was finding a couple of days ago .fish exists. I didn't know that there was a .fish but I do now so I'm pleased that that exists and Hover has that. Um, yeah, there's there's a bunch of there's a bunch of really interesting TLDs and and Hover has them all. If they tickle your fancy, you can do that. Their .com domains start at twelve ninety nine. They include who is privacy for free, which is something that I kind of demand from domain registrars now. Like I shouldn't have to be paying to keep my personal information private on the internet. Yeah. Like I don't think you should have to. And Hover just throw that in because it kind of just makes sense. It feels a little bit like extortion. <laughs> like no, we're gonna put your information all over the place unless you pay us. I don't get that. And, and Hover put Hover makes sure they take care of that for you, which I really love. Um, Hover have great customer support as well. I've used their email support a bunch when I've done crazy stupid things, and they're really nice and they're really helpful, and they don't call me stupid when I am clearly stupid. Um, they also have great documentation as well to her if you want to just go through guides. But better than all of that, they have a no hold, no wait, no transfer telephone support policy. You give Hover a call, and you'll be talking to an actual human being. So. If you are looking for a domain, go to hover.com and try them out right now. You want to use the code WATCHTIME, all one word. At checkout, you'll get 10% off your first purchase at hover.com and you'll be showing your support for Upgrade and Relay FM. That's WATCHTIME, all one word. Thank you to Hover for sponsoring this week's episode of Upgrade. I have so many domains in there. Not as many as you and, and Matt Alexander have, but I have many, many, many domains. I've been getting emails from them Due to the like, I can uh, policy that they want to remind you that your information is there and it should be up to yeah. date. And I've, I'm having a lot of I bought that moments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why do I why do I own this? Why, oh, okay, you know. But I, I did go on a frenzy in August when I was trying to find uh, six colors. I bought a lot of crazy domains mm -hmm. then. So I'll have to this August. I'll have to decide whether I want to keep them or let them go back into the world. Can Can I just do one very 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 quick piece of follow up and follow up? Yes. Because in last week's episode, you did a bit of follow-up about the Magic Mouse. Oh, yes. And somebody pointed out that... Um, so somebody somebody said that the Magic Mouse had a, a speaker in it, and it was a fake click. And yep. people people wrote in to say, it's not. It's a real click. There was an Apple Mouse that had a speaker and a fake click, but the current Magic Mouse that we're thinking of does not have that. That's and, what I was uh, going to... Because I was going to say, I didn't know that, this, but there's no way that that is a fake click. Like, 100% that as, is real. 
I think as we said at the, at the time, we had no idea about what was real or not. We were just taking people's word for it. So <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to clarify. I do own one and use one because nah. you said that we didn't use one, but I do. And and so I didn't know about the tapping thing, and I need I still need to check that out. So there was that app that you mentioned that allows right. you to do to do Ste- tapping. S- Stephen and I were completely just baffled. We had no way to yep. deal with that. So I'm glad you can come in and say yes, it's a real mechanical click. Mm-hmm. So you were at the Yosemite conference. I was. So what was the Yosemite conference? <laughs> Did you just learn about OS X for a week? So people were saying, hey, you you went to Yosemite. That's like the OS version. That's a funny coincidence. And it's like, I mean, so so Dave Klein and his family who do the CocoConf series of conferences, which are uh, developer conferences with like technical developer presentations. They're like a, a sort of more of a roaming WWDC than some of these other conferences that are more like inspirational and big thoughts and kind of stuff. That's the impression I get. I've never been to one because I'm not a developer. But um, they decided when OS X Yosemite was announced that it was a perfect excuse to do an event in Yosemite National Park devoted to Apple stuff and make it more of the thinky, inspirational, big picture kind of things rather than the let's look at code kind of stuff that they usually do. And uh, it was great. Um, We all said, the big question is, should they just do it in Yosemite again next year or are they going to move to wherever Apple's next code name is? Um, (laughs) I don't know. If it's OS X Death Valley, then uh, maybe we'll just go back to Yosemite. But uh, I, I, I would be very surprised. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> seems like putting it. death in the name of your product would be a bad idea, <laughs> but you never know. It's Apple. They could do anything. Mavericks. Mavericks. Seriously, Mavericks. Anyway, um, it was great. Yosemite National Park is spectacular. If people haven't been, uh, you should you should go sometime. People come. Having I grew up very near there, and um, people from all over the world come to see it in fact they would often go i grew up in a little gold rush town so people would often come to the little gold rush town after or before they went to yosemite as part of their sort of california adventure that they were taking and we had in that little gold rush town where i where i worked summers at a deli we had you know european and asian tourists all the it was just crazy like all the time in the summer um and they were they were there because they were also going to yosemite every single one of them was also going to yosemite so it was spectacular we were uh, we were at the yosemite lodge which is right by the waterfalls uh there's a huge um set of waterfalls there's an upper and a lower falls and yes even though it's california there was water in the waterfall we haven't run out of it quite yet probably in another month or two we'll be out and uh i yeah, so I was standing at a waterfall and I sent you a picture of a waterfall. It looked so beautiful. I was so jealous. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. Um and a ski man in the chat room is asking if we had internet. Uh, the Wi-Fi was uh you know, tech conferences kill the Wi-Fi anyway and the Wi-Fi at uh, the Yosemite Lodge is is tenuous at best. Um but it turns out I had a couple bars of 4G in the valley. Um so that was, depending on where you were, you could get, because there are these huge, tall granite monoliths all around you. Um, and so depending on where you are, um, it, it, signal can vary wi- wildly. But uh, we had, um, you know, I, I did have a couple of bars of 4G, for, so I used that a lot. So that's what I, I sent you the picture of the waterfall. It was really beautiful. We were soaking wet. It was raining. Um, but it was, it was uh, beautiful. So I hope they do it again. I imagine that the Klein family will probably do something like this again. And I think they're just really hoping for some great picturesque uh, de- resort destination for the name of the next version of OS X so that, they can, so that they can choose that. You gave a talk as well, right? Yeah, I gave uh, I gave a little uh, presentation on the first day. 
and it was um yeah I, I i can never tell how 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 presentations go i don't know if it was any good or not um i wanted to talk about enthusiasm i'm hoping that i'll give that presentation again sometime and and do uh, uh you know refine it a little bit more but i, I wanted to talk about enth- enthusiasm and how enthusiasm drives us and you can be enthusiastic about a lot of different things you can be super enthusiastic about one thing or mildly enthusiastic about a lot of things which sort of parallels the incomparable why is it not about one thing in particular that podcast that i do why is it not about doctor who or not about you know science fiction novels or you know not about superhero movies or something like that and the answer is cuz i want to kind of I'm enthusiastic about all that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't want to dive deep. I kind of want to be able to spread it around a little bit. Um, and so I talked about that a little and how I feel like the web especially is very much um, kind of distorted in rewarding people who are wildly enthusiastic about something and not moderately enthusiastic about something. And the example I always give is comic books, that there are all these comic book websites that that post 20 or 30 stories a day about what's going on in the comics industry, and I just don't care enough. I kind of care a little bit, but there's no... It's a lot harder to serve somebody like me who wants to read, you know, 30 minutes of comic book uh, news um, a week, let's say, or maybe a month, uh, because you can't... It's harder to build a business on that. You You better to cater to the people who will read 20 or 30 articles a day. So that was it. It was about enthusiasm and and all the different forms it comes in and how I feel fortunate that my career is about things I'm enthusiastic about. And uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was interesting. And the other talks were great. It was a great it was a great group. Yeah, Um, it was an awesome lineup. Look, just looking at it then. And they did they did morning sessions and evening sessions, and then the afternoon was free to to um, there were groups and stuff going you know on hikes and photo walks and stuff. We went with James Duncan Davidson and uh, took a photo walk around the falls, which was where I sent you that picture, and that was uh, pretty awesome. And Dave Wiskus was there, and Serenity Caldwell, and um, on the on that photo walk, and then and Andy Anako was was kind of shadowing us because he had gone on the photo walk the day before but he wanted to retrace his steps and take more pictures and got to chat with jim dalrymple a little bit just i mean it was a it was a uh, michael lopp was there um so many good nevin and krista morgan morgan were there um and it was good to see them i i haven't seen them in a while it was just a great yeah it was a fantastic all the speakers were great every single one of them it was it was a, it was a it was a good time i was very jealous well, you'll just have to take some extra time sometime when you're in Northern California and you can uh, go see it. Maybe I'll have it's pretty, to. It's pretty good. Should we start talking about the Apple Watch? I mean, that's what people are here for today. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, sure. Might as well So talk about the Apple Watch. We have, I mean, in, in true upgrade style, we we have a bunch of questions um, yes. from listeners, which we'll get to because a few of them highlight some interesting points about the, the watch itself. But I, I mean, you posted your initial reactions, and I kind of want to get an like. If you can sum it up, like, give me an overall feeling. I figure we'll both do this first. What is your overall feeling ab- about the Apple Watch? And then we'll get into like, for example, <laughs> how you got your hands on yours. It's right. quite interesting. I, 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 I like it. It's fun. I, it, I feel like I am only now kind of starting to figure out how I'm going to use it like there's the act of like let's see what everything everything is and how it all works which is not how you use it day to day and so i feel like i'm I'm starting to settle down into like getting some idea of how i use it day to day but it's a it's it's a neat gadget it it tells the time 
It is really well connected to my iPhone, which I really like. Um, and I'm starting to understand it. But I, I'm I'm enjoying it so far. I think it's been a lot of fun. I, I definitely I, I post my thing and I heard it from a couple of people who are, who are like, oh well, here's another article where you know people are are uh, not raving about it and just dancing around saying that it's not that interesting. It's like I don't know what article you read, but it wasn't mine because I think it's really interesting. Um, me not understanding things about it and trying to figure out how it fits into my life is not the same as not being enthusiastic about it. I think it's pretty cool. I'm I'm pretty enthusiastic about it. Um, I I do I find do I have things I I can critique about it? Absolutely. I think there are some things in it that are probably mistakes, and I still am trying to wrap my head around some of the decisions that they made and try to figure out whether that works for me or not. But you know, it's a it's a new, weird, different kind of product. So that I think that is all to be expected. The Apple Watch is 1.0, like, and it's very 1.0. Oh yeah, opinion. like there are, you know, you say there are mistakes. There are just like there, it's it's littered with tiny problems. But I'm okay with that, and this is what kind of what I was trying to explain earlier. I'm okay with that because I understand what this product is, um, and and part of the reason that it has problems is because it is very ambitious. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I've used um, Android Wear and found Android Wear to have some bugs, but to be pretty stable overall. And when I originally tried Android Wear, it was way more stable than what the Apple Watch is. But the Android Wear watch just gave me some notifications. That was all it did, um, and I could play and pause music and archive email. Like, I mean, I know that it's changed now and it's also more advanced, but I'm like comparing my original kind of feelings from both. And the Apple Watch is way more advanced than that, and it does some really incredible things that we can talk about. But the watch started to make more sense for me when I realized its purpose. So I think, I think. The problem that I had initially, and I think the problem that many people are having, is they are treating this device like it's a tiny iPhone. Like they are thinking about it in that way. Because so many of the the watch's problems come from when you are going into it and asking it to do something for you. So you're going into it and trying to open an app or play a game or something. That is not what this device is for. Like I feel that the Apple Watch is a device that comes and grabs you when it needs you as opposed Mm. to you going to it to get information and that is a fundamental difference between the iphone and the apple watch and i think once i understood that i feel a lot better about the product but when i'm trying to go to it for things it's there are some issues with it and we can maybe talk about home screen and apps in general and why i think apple's made some mistakes there but i think that i feel a lot better about this product once i actually spent some time uh, not using it and just having it <laughs> grab me when it when it right. when it should rather than me just going to it and just playing and tinkering around. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you that that um, part of the complication of this product is that it's so ambitious. It's trying to do a lot, and then when you settle back and sort of like let it come to you, it makes a lot more sense. Um, I, I think that is philosophically what they went for. I I think that's where I feel like there's a little bit of a lack of focus is that they want it to come to you, but they also want to have a billion apps in that crazy app interface. Yep. Oh, God. And I'm, I'm not sure those go together, um, but what, what, when I realized, it started to make sense to me when I realized the two most important things I could do on the watch are swipe down and swipe up. Mm-hmm. That, that if I swipe down, I'm going to see my notifications. And if I swipe up, I'm going to see glances. 
and that if I if I have a small number of imp- glances and the glances are important to me, then that is a very quick way to access stuff without going out to the app launcher and finding an app and launching it. It's a little bit like the dock. It's like a shortcut kind of thing because you can always tap on a glance and end up in an app. But that... Once I started doing that and thinking, I don't need to go out to the app launcher every time I want to do something, then I was like, oh, okay, I, I, I this makes a little more sense to me now. Yep. Um, the third-party apps not being integrated, like third-party apps should be able to do complications in the watch face. That would be easier that if I want to stick data from one of my apps on the watch face and then tap on that little corner of the watch face to launch that app and get more information, that would be nice. I hope they get there eventually. That feels but, like an um, SDK thing to me. Like that yeah, feels I, like that is what would be in the SDK is, is yeah, how somebody, I see it. I heard some developers say that they actually looked and, and discovered that, that complications are extensions. They are extensions. So theoretically, a uh, developer could write a complication uh, if Apple allowed it. So, you know, yeah, it's a 1.0 product. I feel like the hardware, this is total Apple, uh, modern Apple, right? I feel like the hardware is is spectacular. It's spot actually. on. And then the software is like, let's figure it out. <laughs> we, both, we both have the sport, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, I have the I have the green as it happens. A green wa- uh, sport watch appeared. I me. have the developer edition. I have the blue. Oh, nice, nice. Um, everything about the hardware is amazing. It's it's so beautiful. The screen. I said this before, but the screen on this thing is about ten times better than it should be. Oh yeah. Like there is no reason. Sometimes I catch things like some of the notifications like the calendar of uh, alert notification is one of the most beautiful screens I've seen on an Apple product. The colors and like just the way it is designed, it's like it's mind-blowing. Like it just to me it just looks so good because uh, uh, the the screen is so good and it is so small so everything's so crisp and it there are there are parts where this even like in software design as well, where the two of them meet together and it, it blows my mind. Like one of my f- most favorite things is when you um, are centered, when you're centered on the home screen to the watch and you zoom in to the watch with the digital crown and it comes into focus by building the watch face as you zoom. Have you, have you tried that? Do you know what I'm talking about here? I don't know. So if you if you go to the to the home screen... If you just press the crown and go to the home screen, yeah, and then zoom in on the watch slowly, it builds yeah. the it builds the face. Oh yeah, yeah, I have noticed in. that. Yeah, and that to me is one of I just find that so beautiful. Yeah, it it does sort of make me want to be able to at any time uh, zoom out with the crown out yeah. of the watch face, and you can't once no. you're in there. You're 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 in there. Um, but yeah, that's that. The the animations on some of the faces, uh, where it sort of sweeps around the dial, are uh, there's some amazing stuff there. Just a lot of the animations in general are really good. I mean, so there there are parts of it that are just so good, and I really like the sport band. Um, I found it a little bit sweaty by the end of the day, but I'm totally fine with that. Um, I do want another band because the blue sport band is not a goes of everything kind of band. Um, and I'm, I'm waiting to get the Milanese, but um, mm. I'm, I'm not ordering it online because I'm not going to wait until June for it to ship. I expect to be able to either get it in the UK or in San Francisco before then. Like I'm not going to pay £129 and wait for something until June. 
I'll just get it when it's available in the store, even if yeah. it's not available until July. I, I just think that's crazy. Like, yeah, okay, here's £129 now, and I'll just wait until June. I know they don't charge you, but it, it just seems like a crazy thing to me. I'll just wait. Um, yeah. I want to talk about the home screen. Okay. Because I think that this... So fundamentally, I think that the fact that Apple call where the apps go, the home screen, is 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 like problem number one. Because I don't think Apple consider the app screen as the home screen. I think they consider the watch face as the home screen. Yes. And I checked in the documentation. I checked in the user guide because I wanted to double check this. They call the app screen the home screen. And it's like, it's not home. Like No. And, and the lock screen on the iPhone is not the watch face, right? Because if you think, like, on the iPhone, you, you look at the, the watch face and then you... So you look at the lock screen and then you go to the apps, right? But the utility of the watch face on the watch is way more and, the like, the purpose of it is way more than the lock screen is to the iPhone. The lock screen on the iPhone exists so you don't accidentally launch apps. That's why it's there, right? So right. it's in your pocket and it's not just pressing apps all the time. But the watch face, that is the primary function of this device. That is home. And the fact that the home screen is the app screen, it just makes no sense to me. Because like it just it just doesn't feel like a place where I want to be a lot of no. the time. I agree. This this is I mean, a bunch of us have been saying this. I, I, I agree with you completely. The the face is home. Uh, and then from home, the directly accessible things are notifications and glances. The watch, uh, w- when you're going to the app screen, and I think that's a good name for it, you're you're kind of dumping out of home and going to this place that looks like the iPhone home screen, but it's not home on the watch. It's it's uh, in some ways, I feel like um, it's not necessarily that I've I've failed when I have to go to the app launcher screen because there's some stuff that's just not you know, I, I want to get to it and I don't have a notification from it and it's not in my glances and I want to go look it up. But it's definitely like leafing through the back of the book. It's like going through the index. It's like, oh, I need to go and look something up. I'm going to go to the app screen and go find it. It's like a last resort, not the comfy, you know, a comfy place that's home. It's the it's the index of apps. It's the last resort to get something. I need to get this thing, and I don't have it in front of me. I'm going to go get it in the app screen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, we're in violent agreement here. <laughs> yeah. Cause, so, like, one other thing is, like, the way the buttons work. Um, like, I... Because when you press the crown, it takes you to the apps, not to the watch face, right? And and I want it to take me to the watch face. Does that mm. make sense? So like if I'm in yeah. an app and I press the crown, I want to go back to the watch face. Yeah. So my, yeah. my, my theory on this is I think that the tapping the crown should take you to the watch and tapping the other button should take you home to, to, I, to, the, to the apps. I agree. And you hold the long button to bring up the friend circle. I agree. I think I think devoting that button to... Um, to the friend circle is is a mistake, but I thought that since day one, and I still I still feel that way. But I, you know, this is when we talk about 1.0. It's stuff like this. I feel like we're all going to learn, and Apple's going to learn how mm-hmm. people use this, and is going. I would like to believe that there will be a software update for the watch that is very much like, all right, we've heard you, we figured out this out, we've got here's our new take, and you know those those emojis are not there anymore. <laughs> 
know, yeah. just we're not going to even talk about them. They're gone. I uh, love them in way. an ironic way. I like sending them to people. Because they're so bad? Because they're so ridiculous. They're just ridiculous. The the animations on them, again, are really great. They just look ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) With the creepy, creepy glove hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. But so I feel like I don't know if Apple's going to let us like set what the buttons do so much as that Apple may rethink what the buttons do. And I think that would be fine because I think you're right. In my mental map of the watch, like you, I kind of want take me to the watch face, take me to the app list and uh, and not this sort of like take me to the to my friends, my little list of 12 friends where I spin the dial. And, you know, I, I'm not sure that's the most efficient way. It's a fun interface, but I, I, I yeah, it's not my favorite. I just should I mention um I have two things that I want to mention before we get to the questions and answers and maybe yeah. hear hear from a friend. One is how I got the watch. Yes. Cuz you you promoted that in advance. It's not it's not a super secret way. I don't have a watch from Apple. I I am I I talked to them and they said we're probably not going to be able to get you one on launch day. It's like, "Oh well." Um and I ordered like three minutes or five minutes into the order period, but I ordered the one that everybody else ordered, which was the Space Gray Sport. And so it's it's marked as shipping in May. So I thought, well, you know what? I, I'm just I'm not going to order a watch just. I, I don't know what I was thinking. It was after midnight. I'm not going to order a watch just to get it on day one. Uh, that's a, a watch I don't want. Um, which I probably should have just gone ahead and done done that. So the day before the Apple Watch comes out, um, I just got home from Yosemite, checking my email, and a friend of mine, former. Co- co-worker of mine sends me an email it's not a not an editor it's a technical guy uh says um i've got a watch coming tomorrow and i don't want it um i was going to put it on ebay or something but uh i figure six colors could could use it do you want it (laughs) (laughs) and i say yeah actually yes i will write you a check i i do want it i've got a lot of other things going on but i should probably have the apple watch on day one and so on the day, he sent me a text when he was working at home. He sent me a text when he got it. And about two miles from my house, we had a little, like on a street that was not his street and not my street. Um, we had a, like a meetup and there was an exchange of, of, uh, of cash for goods. <laughs> did you, did you, did you get the watch out of a brown paper bag tucked inside a trash can? Uh, that, uh, like a dead drop. I, I, yeah. I did not. Okay, um, good. he just handed me the, uh, the box that it came in the shipping box and, uh, we chatted for five or 10 minutes and then I, and then I came home and, uh, and thus began my adventure with uh, green Apple watch sport. But, uh, it was just kind of funny. It was completely serendipity. I, I hadn't, I had sort of planned to just not, not be part of the party. But in the end, I got to be part of the party. So now I don't know what I'm going to do with the one I ordered. I may cancel that order, even though I do like the the space gray look. But um, anyway, if I do keep that order, then I'll, I'll uh, Upgradians can have first crack at buying my Apple, my other Apple Watch from me. Get the Apple Watch worn by Jason when he wrote that article. Uh, but I, I haven't decided what I want to do about that. But anyway, um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is the cheese vertical. Yeah. I bought cheese with my Apple Watch. Of course you did. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Manchego. It was mozzarella because we. I was making pizza on Saturday night and uh, we were out of mozzarella. So I walked down to the local Whole Foods, which is very close to my house, which is why I can walk there. And so that's why I shop there way more than I should because it's within walking distance. And I got up to the counter with my little uh, thing of uh, cheese and I uh, 
double tapped the uh, the little friends button and uh, held my wrist up to the little reader and it all went like bloop bloop bling you know and that and then I, that was it they let me leave the store with some cheese so apparently I bought that cheese with my Apple Watch I again I don't I don't have much of a story here it worked and it's cool that I didn't have to do any thumbprint or anything because I had my watch on my wrist. And so it, it had validated that I was me. I want to, I just want Apple pay. Like I would like it. It would be nice. I know. Wouldn't that be nice if you had that? Uh-huh. It would be a really great day for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it's coming. I there are lots coming. of like little rumors that fly around and say like Q2 or something. It's it's you know it's big businesses, big business in you know that's what they're doing. They're just businessing around each other for a bit, and eventually they're gonna yeah. they're gonna do it. But this is financial institutions, which are just slow, slow. On the last slow. analyst call, Apple actually likened it to um, the uh, carrier negotiations. Yeah. That it was that dif- that difficult. That they really had to go into each market and negotiate with individual banks and individual payment processors and get it to work. So I really uh, have my I fingers crossed for a more firm announcement on the call today. At least yeah, that to would say, be nice. yes, it's going to be coming to these countries in Q2. Like I want to hear Apple say it. Um, yeah. and, and then I'll be happy. Like, I don't care if I have to wait another three months or whatever. I just want to know that it is happening rather than like, yeah, we're working on it. Like, that's not, you know, that's that's nothing. And Until it's until there's a, a confirmation, working on it means nothing. Right. Because we still don't have iTunes radio. <sighs> you know, so it's, it's, and it's kind of the same deal. Yeah, we're going to bring it to other regions. It's like, okay, well, we'll see. Um, I still feel like I have so much more to say about the Apple Watch, but I th- I, I figure what we should maybe do is start going through some of these questions because it might it might, it might unearth a little bit. I did just want to just just before we do move away because I don't think we're going to talk about this again. I do want to just talk about the home screen a little bit more, in so much as to say like there it's 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 weird. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. So. The app, tar- I, uh, the app targets, the touch targets are way too small. I, I very, very frequently um, do not open the app that I want. I open a, the app that's next to it. Oh. Uh, do you feel? Do you? Does that happen to you? No. Okay. Maybe my fingers are bigger <laughs> than yours. I don't know. Um, or maybe I'm. Maybe I've just just hit in the wrong places. Uh, trying to arrange apps is a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. So. You know, like on the iPhone, they like when you try and move apps around, um, it pushes all of the apps that are next to it, right, or or around it. But the yeah. thing is, with the Apple Watch, what it seems to do, it pushes them in all directions. Yeah. So you move one app, and the entire line changes. It's like, oh, just let me put them arbitrarily, like or something. It is a bit. It's nightmarish to 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 arrange apps, but. There are some apps that are really, really good, and there are some apps that are not good. Um, and I think it's clear who has had the most time with a device. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although I, I think not not necessarily, but no. it does see, seem to feel that way. That There's I mean, an we know I think. we know that developers got to go to labs and use these devices and actually do some hardware testing. But I feel like even then, it's not the same as living with the device, and so that we're going to see a lot of app revisions happen soon from yep. people from developers who are like oh yeah that totally doesn't work let's try this instead um but you're right some apps felt really good and some apps 
were kind of pointless. But uh, like I've been, I was using, um, I had a Twitterific notification and I tapped on it and it opened the Twitterific app and allowed me to send a reply using text, you know, speech to text. Uh, that was a pretty cool experience. I have to say that was pretty, that was pretty cool. Every now and then I have one of those experiences that I, I am surprised at how yep. well it works. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the main problems with the third party apps is the is the delays. Like sometimes you yeah. tap something or you try and open an app and, and you're spin, just waiting. Spin, spin, I was spin. trying to demo workflow for Federico and I was I was basically making a video for him and I was waiting like two minutes. I'm yeah. like because I was recording it. I'm sitting there going, I'm so sorry, buddy. Like maybe in a minute. And I don't think this. Well, it, I don't think this is the develop. They like the issue of developers because they don't know a lot of this stuff. And I'm sure there are things they can do to speed it up. But because they haven't got the devices, there's nothing they can do. But like the workflow app is kind of incredible. The things that it's able to do. I don't know how it does them. Um, it's kind of like the the, the yeah. iPhone app. Uh, but yeah, there are some, there are some real issues with with lag for for the third party apps. Yeah, definitely. It's it's early. I mean, one I mean, it's what we said about photos, and it's true for this. I think this hardware is pretty good, but the software is it's new, and they're taking their best shot at it. It doesn't mean like they should have waited. I think at some point you have to get it out there and uh, and learn. And the the true test is that will. How will how will Apple react to this learning process? What what comes next? And given that we have WWDC coming up, I'm hoping that what we're going to see is some uh, thoughts about the direction that that the Apple Watch is going. And I hope we get to see some software revisions for Apple Watch now that it's out there, and see Apple readjusting um, and figuring out the right things to do for this product. But it is it it is cool and fun. And although we have criticisms about it. Uh, because there's definitely work to be done. Um, I'm enjoying it a lot. I feel like um, there's so much to appreciate about it, even though there also is so much potential and there's so many things that, that can be explored and changed and uh, and learned about this product as, as we go. Um, so that's that's a, it's 1.0 in all those senses, right? It is mm-hmm. the excitement of the new and it truly is new, and I love that feeling. Like this is weird and different. It's yeah. not like what I'm used to. At the same time, 1.0 means what you know what most people know that it means, which is there are bugs, things don't work right, some things are going to have to be rethought. That's totally true. Yep. The things that I love about it, I really, really love about it. Yeah. The things that's that annoy scre- me, really, really annoy me. That and, screen. And that's 1.0. The screen is oh, amazing. God, the screen. Yeah. It and the just... aluminum. Nobody does aluminum like Apple. It's amazing. There's so many things to like about it. Like I said, the hardware I feel like is almost beyond reproach. It is beautiful piece of hardware. And then the software, yeah, it's got some great ideas and some stuff that's like, oh, I see what you did there. I love your ambition. I'm not sure if it works, but I love that you tried it. See, like, I could just sit and look at that watch face all day, which is something that I love, but the problem is it goes off too quickly, something that annoys me. You know, so that that's kind of how I am with this device, is I really love it and it really annoys me, but I really love it, but it really annoys me. Do you know, I feel like I keep going through this at the same time, but I, yeah. I do feel like my love is stronger than the things that annoy me. I love more things about it than there are things that annoy me. Yeah, yeah. But, that's the, and that's 1.0 that's the 1.0 experience right there. It reminds me of the iPhone. The original yeah. iPhone it reminds me of that because the original iPhone frustrated me so much because it was limited. Why can't I copy and paste? Yeah. <laughs> why like, doesn't it do this? Why can't I send picture messages? Like yeah. why can't I send 
things over Bluetooth. Like, there were all these things that it didn't do that really annoyed me, but there were all these other things that it did that I can't believe that it could do. Right. Look, we've got questions. Let's get into yes. the questions. But before we do that, let me thank our second sponsor this week, and that is our friends at GoToMeeting by Citrix. Take a moment. Think about all the time, the money, and the hassle it takes to hold meetings. You have to corral people. Sometimes people have to travel in, so they're losing time out of their day. Maybe you have to fly somewhere, which is just the worst. Why would you ever do that for a meeting? But sometimes things are really important, and you need to be able to see someone or hear someone to try and get the work done. This is why you should be thinking about Citrix Go to Meeting. You can meet your clients and your coworkers online wherever you are because it's a smarter way to meet. Go to Meeting makes it easy to meet with your team whenever you need to from wherever they are from maybe they're choosing to work from home today maybe they're in the office but you're on like 10 floors down or something and there's no meeting rooms available this is the type of stuff that go to meeting can help you with you can meet from any computer tablet or smartphone without travel expenses or hassle of traffic traffic when i worked in a big company so used go to meeting quite a lot and i could do things from my iphone sitting at home rather than having to go into the office it was awesome i really did like go to meeting for that stuff your team can join by just clicking on a link. They don't need any signups. They make this as easy as possible. There's no speed bumps. You can turn on your webcam with HD quality, um, and your, all those beautiful shining faces will be like it's sitting in. The, they'll be like they're sitting in the room with you. You can share screens to present, review, and get feedback with the people that you're meeting with all in real time. Because with GoToMeeting, everyone sees what you're seeing, so your team can get on the same page and get along. I want you to go and try GoToMeeting for free for 30 days. There's no uh, nothing to lose there. You can go and sign up right now try it for for free for 30 days there we go i made it visit gotomeeting.com and click the try it free button i mean you can't miss that a big button says try it free do it now and have your first meeting up and running in just minutes thank you so much to go to meeting that's gotomeeting.com gotomeeting.com for your 30 day free trial thank you so much to citrix and go to meeting for supporting upgrade yay so, uh, first question from Benjamin. This is a crazy one. Is there any way to view a reminders list on the Apple Watch? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is not. You can add all, reminders. All of the things that that Apple has with their like ecosystem and syncing and apps on all the devices, and there's no reminders app on the on the Apple Watch. It kind of feels like if you used reminders, it feels like the perfect device for reminders I, I do use reminders I use yeah. reminders and and, and, uh, and I think the answer is I believe there may be some apps like things that sync with reminders and are on the Apple Watch <laughs> so I think there may be some other apps that sync with the reminders list that might display it but the official Apple approach of the reminders app just isn't there it's dumb the most functional part of reminders on the Apple Watch does exist, which is being able to add them, but you cannot view them or check them off. Or check them off, yeah. Which is crazy. Did um, you say functionable? But yeah, that's another word. You know, is that you a know word? me, Jason. I like to make up words. Um, okay. Functionable is today's word of the day. Okay, good. Ding. This comes from Lucas. Can I use Apple Pay on my Apple Watch when my iPhone does not support it? I have an iPhone 5. I believe... You can? Yes, you can. I thought I'd heard this somewhere. I think they said yeah, it on stage. Yeah, they have the secure element and all of that in the in the watch. So if you have a, an iPhone 5, um, so you don't have the ability to do Apple Pay on your phone, you can do it with the watch. It's true. It, that is absolutely the case, which is pretty cool. 
John has asked, is 42mm a good size or will Mike want an even bigger model to be right about in the future? <laughs> good, good. Uh, I wanted to do this because I, I like this question because I want to break it down into two parts. Uh, let's talk about the size of the watch. I think the watch for me is the perfect size. It is uh, the same screen size as my Pebble effectively. Um, it's, it is thick, but it's not too thick uh, and I don't find it heavy. Um, so it works for me perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a, I don't have any problems with it uh, size wise. What do you think? You got a forty two there, right? I got a forty two. Um, so I I have worn a watch my entire adult life. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I take it off sometimes, but pretty much uh, ninety plus percent of the days I have worn a watch at some point. Um, and so for me, I, I the amazing thing about it is it just feels like a watch. My wife put it on for a little bit, and she's like, "Oh, it's so heavy." I'm like, "Well, she doesn't wear a watch." But if you're used to wearing a watch, it just, it feels like a watch. It's fine. And it doesn't, it actually, I was worried that it was going to be, feel like super thick. Like I was wearing a big, you know, brick on my wrist and it doesn't feel thick at all. Um, And the screen size, yeah, I mean, it would be nice if the screen was bigger, I suppose, just in the sense that um, you'd have more screen real estate, but it would not be nice in the sense that it would be, it would be a larger thing. And I feel like this is a good size for my wrist. I think it's a good match. And I don't, you know, if I want a larger screen, I've got my iPhone for that. So I feel like it's a good size. Um, Everybody's, what we've learned is everybody's wrist is different. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the shape of the wrist, the bone structure and the size. It, it, it's not, um, there's so many different aspects to, to there's variation in the human body. So that, that's something that a lot of us uh, geeks haven't really thought about is like, I was ta- up at Twit and I was talking to somebody about what they were thinking and they showed me their, their wrist and their wrist is like this totally different shape than mine. And I, I thought, you know, I can't tell you what to do here because I don't know how this thing's going to fit on you. And in fact, I use this, I put the small sport band on, I'm using the small band, not the big band, which I had no idea, but I'm using the small the small band instead and it fits better so i don't know um i feel like 42 millimeters is very nice i i I feel like that's a good contrast um i think the real question is will apple try to keep making it smaller and smaller but um 42 seems to fit really well on my wrist and you know generally the human body doesn't change that fast you know it's going to be thousands of years before before we can adapt our bodies to technology um through uh you know through evolution so um we're stuck with what we got (laughs) and i think the 42 millimeter fits on a lot of wrists and they'll do a smaller version for smaller wrists and i think it's good so i don't think we're going to get a mike was right moment with the uh, apple watch but i could be wrong no i don't i don't need the physical size of the watch to be bigger i don't want it to be bigger at the moment like i can't think of it's different to the phone like my i feel like with the phone you just put it in a pocket um, for a lot of the time, but I'm not going to put my watch in a pocket, and I'm not looking for a pocket watch. <laughs> I could no. have, I could have the screen get bigger. That you know, I could, that would be nice. Um, as it, you know, could just over time, just inch further and further to to the to the edges of the display. You know, would be great. Oh well, that's that's true, but I don't want the watch to be bigger. No, don't need yeah. that. Don't want it. Don't need it. Um, okie dokie um, where are we now uh, so Matt does activating Siri on the watch pulls audio playback on your iPhone no it does not and it, it does is not the first time you do it you don't know what the hell is happening <laughs> I was like uh what well it doesn't because they're, they're, it makes sense really they are independent devices um, yeah. yeah I was listening to a podcast on headphones and needed to say something on to my watch and it was uh, fine 
Um, yeah, so, yeah, it, it kind of makes sense. Kind of is also a bit confusing. Uh, <laughs> this is from... I don't even... I don't even... Oh, oh yeah, I don't even know... Uh, I'm not going to say a, that. Uh, I this person. It's a, it's it's a, it's a, a spoiler actually for a, a for a sitcom. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to we don't want to give that away. Robert is also a fake name. So from a fake person. I know Apple Pay resets if you take the Apple Watch off. Uh, what if it slides up or down on your wrist? You have to keep it snug. So the idea being, uh, you have to like put in a pin or something. Sometimes explain that a little bit because I don't know about that so much. Uh, I don't have yeah, so Apple Pay, so right. So, well, all the concept of the watch being locked and unlocked—they want you to put a code into it. Um, I discovered overnight after I wrote my story that actually, once you put the the watch on your wrist, if you if you um, touch ID, unlock your phone, that unlocks. You don't even have to put the code in on the watch. That unlocks the watch. The whole idea here is, as long as it can verify somehow that it's you, and then you keep the watch on then it's unlocked. The watch stays unlocked the entire time you continue to wear it. That's cool. Um, I have loosened it over time. I wore it really snug the first day because I was afraid of like, it's not gonna, it's not gonna, uh, it's not gonna work. It's gonna keep coming unpaired. Um, I've loosened it up now and I think, I think it still works fine. I, I do wonder if the heart rate monitor requires a snug fit. But the actual like lock concept doesn't. Um, I mean, I suppose if it was like super loose, it might be a problem. But I've got it at a comfortable uh, tightness. It's not super tight, and uh, it's it, it slides a little bit, but not a lot, and it works fine. So I think there's some slack in it. I think that you could probably over loosen it to the point where it would want to lock. But um, generally, they seem to have been pretty intelligent about about making it kind of uh, you know do do the math about how uh, it knows that it's still the same person wearing it. Which I like. I really like that idea that it's a personal, it's a personal device, and as long as it knows that it's still on your person, it knows who you are. It can trust. A phone can't trust, right? A phone can't trust that it's still in the hands of the person who owns it. But this watch can tell when it gets taken off, and until that moment, it knows that it's on that person that it, that that uh, who put it on and authenticated. That's that's pretty cool. I like that. Also, did Mike? Did you notice that um, uh, related to both of these last two questions? Um, when you've, you're wearing the watch and you get a notification, um, it doesn't go to your phone and, and your watch. It just goes to your watch. The yeah. phone doesn't doesn't make the notification because the phone knows you're wearing the watch, which I kind of love. I kind of love that idea that it knows that it's redundant to 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 ping because it's not like you've got the watch in one place and the phone in the other and you happen to be near the phone. It's not like with an iPad and an iPhone where it needs to let you know in both places because it doesn't know where you are. It knows that you've got the watch on, so it knows it should just notify you on your wrist. I wish I the Mac cool. I wish the Mac knew though. Oh yeah, yeah, I do. I, I do wish... too. Yeah. I hope that there's some more um proximity stuff coming at some point. I would love my Mac to know that I'm wearing the watch and to not worry about bugging me about things because I've got my watch on. That would be awesome. Maybe in OS ten Death Valley. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. I would like <laughs> I, I would like the the Mac to be more aware of the the watch in some way, um, because I feel like the I it works a bit better with the iPhone and the Mac, right? Right? Like if I'm looking at something on my iPhone or I'm looking at something on my Mac, they don't um, they don't one button doesn't buzz like with one the others being used. But I don't know. 
I do not know. Okay, so uh, from Mark, is there a way to get watch notifications only for messages from a specific person? Um, I don't think nope. there is. No, it, wouldn't that be nice? I, I feel like that's got to be um, yeah, bringing, like bringing the concept of the VIP, the email VIP to your contacts to have a list of people that 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 you can set. I think granular notifications would be a nice feature. I, I can see why it wouldn't be there at first because it's kind of a power user feature. But uh, it would be nice to have more of that, you know, more granular uh, uh, settings for things like saying these people are are the ones that I want you to let through. It's like I just want to be notified about Tweetbot DMs. I don't want anything else from Tweetbot. But you can't do that. Huh, interesting. You know, but, well, because if I want them on my iPhone. Oh, yeah, well, that's true. You know, I want to be right. able to separate the two. I mean, notification right. management is just a big thing, and I genuinely feel like it's going to be one of the big things of iOS 9. I think it has to be. It just makes sense. It's a, it becomes low-hanging fruit now. Yeah. Um, Scheman in the chat room, how's the battery life been? Jason? Uh, great for me. I I used it all day yesterday, and at 1 in the morning, I still was at like 50%. I haven't been that good, but it has been really good for me too. So, for example, I woke up at like... Um, I I yesterday maybe was awake from like eight in the morning. I went to sleep at um about oh no I went to sleep at about three in the morning. So I had a really really long day, and it was ten percent when I went to bed. Like mm. that is great for me. That's as long yeah. as a day for me can go, and it went the whole day. And I'm playing with it, you know. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm playing with it, and I'm using it properly. Um, I'm the battery. It's easily getting through any day for me. Uh, at the moment, so I'm more than happy with it because charging it at night is like whatever. Um, mm-hmm. It's totally fine. Um, we have uh, Benjamin and Jen. Uh, have you used maps for driving directions? Is there lag? Do taps for turning left or right tap you soon enough? Have you used it for driving directions? I haven't. I've used it for walking directions. And the taps are good, but I did find them to not, in all cases, not to necessarily be soon enough. Huh. Uh, so my feeling is I don't. It's the same as I never use turn by turn directions. I just look at the map, and you can see the map at all times on your watch, which is perfectly good for what I need. You can basically see the route, and you can zoom in and out of it. That's perfect for me. That's all I want. I don't need I don't need the taps or whatever when I'm walking. So hmm. sometimes I, I I can see the value in the taps if I'm in a, a a strange location and I'm walking down the street. Just having that little extra note of like you know yeah go that way is a is a. I'm looking forward to trying it. I I've been meaning to try it and I just haven't had a chance to to try it yet. So you know soon. Yeah, I'm I'm. I just am very happy. Like maps was one of those things that walking around, I just was really looking forward to it. You know, when you like think, you know, the device is coming, so you think about it um, into the future. Uh, that was one of the things. Like, oh, I can't wait until I have maps on my wrist, and I'm very happy that I do. Can the uh, this is from Josh? Can the Apple Watch display notifications from apps without WatchKit extensions? Yes, they can. Um, yeah, you see all of your notifications that you have on your phone, um, but if. Uh, an app, if there is a WatchKit app, um, or whatever you would call it, or a glance or something, it's going to be way better um, <laughs> with what it can do. But if if uh, a developer has taken into account um, notifications on iOS and they and they use the buttons or whatever, 
uh, what do you call what are they what are they called you know what i'm talking no. about like if you get a mailbox one and you can archive it like they're no. the new actionable notifications yeah on ios Buttons. that they they translate over to the apple watch and that's that's great like for me there's no mailbox app but i don't need it right i just need to say right archive or set for tomorrow when an email comes in and I can do that which is great yeah in the Apple Watch app there's a uh, under notifications there's a list of all of your apps and it says mirror iPhone alerts from and then you can turn those on and off per app and then those are just the standard iPhone notifications getting mirrored to your to your watch on an app by app basis mm-hmm. so I turn most of those off yeah I have I'm I have most off and I'm turning more off yeah there we go um from Chris, do you think Apple would ever do a, a C version of the watch like the iPhone, um, a lower-tiered watch made of colorful plastic? I don't think so. I don't see it. I mean, you can never say for sure, but I think the Sport is the low end, and maybe in the future the Sport might get a bit cheaper and there might be a bigger gap. Um, but this thing has already got color all over it. Like it, it already feels like that line to me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, would Apple make a plastic watch? Uh, eventually, maybe. Just, but I think they they want to make their intentions clear that this is they want they want people to view this product as a high quality product, which is why there's no plastic watch. Because they could have done that, right? They could have said the Sport is a polycarbonate, you know, sports watch, and it and it's uh, one ninety nine or something like that, or two ninety nine, and they uh, they didn't. <laughs> so I think it, I think that could happen. I but my guess would be that yeah, it would be the Apple Watch Sport would just get revised downward and maybe become plasticky. But um, it would, you know, it could happen. But I wouldn't bet on it. And then we have uh, one last question from Tom: Can you sync or transfer podcasts to your Apple Watch like you can music? Um, I think the answer is no. Yeah, so I use Overcast, and Overcast works. So. Yeah, but I, I think I think he's saying um, like transfer. Mu- you can load music onto the watch, and then like go running with just oh. the watch and Bluetooth headphones. And I think for that, you have to have it's 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 only going to do music. I think it's not. I, I think podcasts are not available. The only way you can There's do a, it is by going into iTunes and changing the metadata, but it's not going to remember your sync position. But in theory, you could do it. You could tell iTunes it's a song, yeah. right? It's a, yeah, you tell a pod, that a podcast is a song and then put it in the synced playlist and yeah. and and do it that way. Um, I did realize that I was looking I was looking in uh, in Apple Watch under General about and it and it had um, capacity six point two gigabytes available five point seven gigabytes, and I laughed because that's like way more than the uh, original. Uh, iPod, yeah. So it's a thousand songs on your wrist, <laughs> and I don't even want to put songs on it because I don't own a pair of Bluetooth headphones. So I actually, uh, there's kind of no point. But um, I, that, that just is really funny. That yeah. this is, you know, it is a, a an iPod on top of everything else. It's funny to me that there are settings on the watch of any kind. Yeah, I mean, other than that, that that glance that lets you put it in airplane mode and turn off alarms and and do not disturb and find your iPhone. That's yeah. that's sort of like the little simple settings. But but uh, beyond that, yeah, your iPhone is for that, I guess. And we do have. Um, so that's kind of the end of Apple Watch. We're going to be talking about the Apple Watch a lot. Oh so man, I think it's good to to keep it there for today. Uh, yeah. But we do have a couple of uh, regular Ask Upgrade questions. Um, so do you want to thank our up, Ask Upgrade sponsor for this week? 
Yes, Ask Upgrade this week brought to you as usual by our friends at MailRoute. Uh, if you imagine a world without spam viruses or bounced email, that world can come to pass if you use MailRoute. MailRoute works by diverting the mail that normally goes to your domain. It goes to MailRoute server up in the cloud first. MailRoute uses its intelligence. It's learned how to identify spam, viruses, bounced email, things like that. It intercepts them, uh, quarantines them, and then your mail server actually just gets good email, which means your inbox is full of legitimate email. It's the stuff that you want to receive. You don't have to maintain any hardware or software. This happens in mail route servers, and then your servers just get the, the benefit of only getting good stuff. And uh, and it's beautiful. It's easy to set up and reliable. Big institutions like universities and corporations trust it. Um, the user interface for desktop users is super simple and effective. Uh, and if you're an email administrator or an IT professional, they've built tools for you in mind. You've heard me talk about them before. There's an API for easy account management. There's support for LDAP and Active Directory, TLS, Outbound Relay, and everybody's favorite, mailbagging. mailbagging. Uh, one of the first things that you sent to me from uh, an Apple Watch w- was mailbagging related. You drew, you drew a little mailbagging uh, like uh, doodle on the little um, Apple Watch thing. I almost certainly did. Yeah. It's a, it was a special moment. I would. Uh, why would I? Why would I want to write anything else? Great moments in mailbagging history. <laughs> uh, anyway, mail route everything, all of those things, including mailbagging, all the things you want from people handling your mail. And here's the best part: uh, there's a risk-free trial. You don't need a credit card. You sign up, change your MX records. That's the uh, that's the record for a domain that says where does email get delivered. It gets delivered to mail route, and then mail route will pass it on to your servers. As soon as you change those records, your mailbox and hardware are completely protected, so you can try this out with no credit card required. Uh, give it a try and see if it works for you. All listeners to Upgrade will receive 10% off for the lifetime of their account, not just for a month or a year, but for the lifetime of that account, 10% off. Go to mailroute.net slash upgrade now to get 10% off. That's mailroute.net slash upgrade. And thank you so much to MailRoute for sponsoring Upgrade and supporting Relay FM. I don't think we make enough of a deal of that. 10% off of a li- account lifetime is lifetime. awesome. That's really, really, really great. You know, some of the deals we read are very much like, you know, you get a percentage off for the, your first order. Which is and nice. If you're already, you know, and if you're already a customer, um, some of those deals don't work. Other other deals work for all customers. This is a lifetime deal. Pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Don't get a lot of that. Please that we have it. So should we, uh, should we take the show out of a couple of couple of our favorites, a couple of our yeah. upgrades? So uh, I think so. Eric, uh, glad you were able to bring up the Samantha Cristoforetti tweet on upgrade. Can you this remind is the, people? This is, this is the astronaut who took a picture of herself wearing a Star Trek Voyager costume, um, talking about how they were delivering the first zero gravity espresso machine to the uh, to the the International Space Station, and she's Italian, so she especially like Federica wants her espresso. Um, but upgrading Eric points out she's actually quoting quoting that tweet quotes an actual line from. Uh, an actual episode of Star Trek Voyager. So it's a high level of Star Trek Voyager analysis. I'm sure somewhere Brianna Wu is very excited to hear this because she loves Captain Janeway and she loves Star Trek Voyager. But uh, I just love that there was a Star Trek outfit. Some people will argue that, that because it's a Star Trek Voyager outfit that has extra meaning uh, to the to the astronaut. Perhaps it does. Um, to the you know what the best Star Trek show is, perhaps it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think it, it still is a super cool uh, geek moment, and I appreciate Upgrady and Eric for pointing out that that's uh, even the even the tweet is a Star Trek Voyager reference, not just the uniform. 
Yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. So that like, yeah, it's that's lost on me, but I can imagine for people that like that kind of thing, hooray! Yeah, well, I mean, I, the idea that there's a real astronaut in real outer space who's wearing a Star Trek uniform—that's funny. That is that is pretty funny. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, there is apparently an episode of Star Trek Voyager where they really get upset about not having coffee. So, and then from oh, wow, an upgradeian. Yes, I, I Bobby. Thought I thought we were finished with this. Uh, uh, Bobby has decided to decree that he is, is himself an upgradition. So, okay, Bobby. Whatever you need, sir. Um, <laughs> I was wondering for many years why Apple does not provide any method to charge an iOS device uh, from another iOS device. Um, like, for example, maybe your, you know, as Bobby says, your wife's phone is at 10% and you want to just provide a bit of extra juice but can't. Jason, what do you think about this? Uh, my guess is that there's something about how, uh, lightning works that, that, I mean, these phones don't, they can power like very, very low power devices, but I'm not sure that's the same as charging another device, right? You can, you can plug in some USB microphones to them through an adapter and they'll work and others, they they won't. (laughs) Uh, So... Uh, my guess is that they're just not made to put out the level of power that that a battery pack would would you know essentially do. Um, but I think it's a really clever idea. It would be nice, wouldn't it? Be nice if you could plug your iPad into your iPhone if you were really desperate to keep your iPhone alive. But um, I I am not a I am not an electrical engineer. But my guess is that the amount of power that's being able to be sent across a lightning cable from a from an iPhone or an iPad is not big enough for it to be. Um, you know, to make a big difference. It's a nice idea, though. So then the the last one today, um, Justin, also we mentioned this earlier, will there be an upgrade T-shirt? I mean, we have a Clockwise T-shirt now. Will there be an upgrade T-shirt? I don't, um, will there, Mike? They most certainly can be. There's nothing to stop us doing one, um, except for a couple of things. We need a design, but we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just need to decide: Do we want to give people more T-shirts right now? Because it's you know it's one of those things we can decide: Do we want to do this before um, WWDC? If right. we do, we have limited time. And if we want to yeah. do that, then there's already a million T-shirts out right now. Do people want to be spending more on T-shirts? I haven't got an answer, Jason. Is my mm. feeling on this? I don't know uh, what to what to think about it. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I would love there. There will, I think, definitely be an upgrade T-shirt. I think the question is when. I, I definitely I hear from people who say I have too many T-shirts. I hear that. Yep. Um, there there are limited you know there are limited things that we can do. T-shirts are are fairly easily shippable and easily makeable, and it is truly in the technology industry tradition to make a T-shirt. And we always have stickers. We have stickers in our relay store, and you can grab those at any yeah. time. Um, I just don't. I just don't know if one if we need to do another T-shirt, and two if it needs to be right now. I mean, yeah. I would lo- I want there to be an upgrade T-shirt, um, but I don't know. I don't know. Just you, you, you get it, right? It's just like I don't. I'm just. I'm just not mm-hmm. sure if we need to have. If if I don't know if I need another T-shirt right now. Though I'm buying them all. That's the thing. I'll buy them all. We have an isometric <laughs> T-shirt. I bought that. Clockwise. I bought that. Connected. I bought that. And I would like there to be one. I just don't know if people want it. Um, and also, like these things, just be completely upfront with it we want to make as much money as we can when we do something like this um and i personally don't know if it's right to do it now because people want it for wwdc or do it later when it's not t-shirt armageddon yeah yeah plus we have to have a good idea yeah i mean 
well, we don't. We just get Frank to do it, and you know he'll just that's make true. us a great T-shirt because that's what he does. <laughs> um, so we don't even need to worry about the idea of it. It's just the timing. That's all, yeah. That's all it is. So, so uh, Justin, this is your answer: is we don't we we think there will be one sometime. We don't know when it will be. It might not be now. Um, if I say there people... definitely will be one. Yeah. Um, but now it's just a case of timing because if we want to do it before WWDC, it needs to be. It needs to be soon. I mean, and I've thought about things like hoodies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I quite like the idea. Casey might hate me for saying this. I quite like the idea of an analog hoodie, uh-huh. um, because I feel like it, you know, it wrapped up in feelings. Hoodie is my uniform too. I would love, I would love an upgrade hoodie. That's a great idea. Maybe we should do that. Yep. And people are going to be really angry. They're like, I don't wear hoodies. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody's always, you know, there are people about the clockwise t-shirt who are just saying, I don't want, I don't want to wear a yellow t-shirt. It's like, well, okay. Some people don't want to wear a gray t-shirt. So, you know, some people don't want to wear a black t-shirt and other people do. So it's difficult because everybody's got opinions, but we'll work on it. Yep. We'll, we'll do something. There'll, there'll be something sometime. Um, it may not be before WWDC. I feel like we're at the... You know, we're at peak T-shirt right now. I, I I was working on that clockwise T-shirt design for ages, and we finally pulled the trigger on that one. I think, you know, we'll talk about it. Yeah, maybe we could do like trousers because <laughs> everyone mm. everyone takes care of the top half. No one's looking after the bottom I, half. I, I think that should be a bonanza special. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Right, I think that about wraps up this week's episode of Upgrade. If you want to catch our show notes this week, don't forget to check in your uh, app of choice or go to relay.fm slash upgrade slash 34. Um, thanks again to our sponsors this week, the great people at GoToMeeting from Citrix, um, also Hover and MailRoute, of course. Um, you want to find us online, there's a couple of ways you can do that. We are at jsnell, J-S-N-E-L-L is where you'll find Jason, and I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. And uh, if you want to find Jason's great writing, he is over at sixcolors.com. We'll be back next time with another episode of Upgrade. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snell. Goodbye, Mark Hurley. <laughs> <laughs>